Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Colin McDuff and I'll be your host as always. This week I'm delighted to be joined by Graham Campbell. Graham, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Colin. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure and a show, my man. Um, so the second show you're getting for the Gallant Few this week, I hope uh, hope most of you managed to listen back to the wonderful Founders Trail show. Um, Graham, I know you've been on it. Founders Trail, it doesn't really need much selling, does it? No, it doesn't. I was actually quite surprised that I say only 11,000 is an amazing number, but considering they've been on the go since 2009, I genuinely would have expected a lot more fans to win. Considering we sell out our season tickets up 45 to 50k um, every year, I cannot believe it's it's only 11,000 people. It is by far one of the best Rangers related things you can do out there. Please go and do it. Yeah. And if you've not um, if you've not been on it and you need a bit of swaying, shameless plug here, go back and listen to Monday's interview with Ian McCall and Gordon Bell, the heroes that created and run and continue to put so much effort into the Founders Trail. Remember, always remember, there's a lot of people out there that want to strip of our, of our history. The reason they want to do that is because it's so rich. And it's unbelievable. The backstory of our football club is unrivaled. The Founders Trail just absolutely um, shows that. It's amazing, honestly. It's the best thing you could do in terms of, I guess, things that aren't really official from the club. But, wow. And Graham, that leads us nicely into the next point. Um, obviously, we have been doing the, uh, the history shows um, periodically, maybe every couple of months. And we do have one on the Driver Cup coming out over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, with myself and Graham Curry looking back at that 
But Graham, you had the idea that it'd be great just to even look at one wee piece of history every week, even if it's a, a minute or so, a quick look back. Um, so I've pulled one together for you uh, for the first time. Um, I'll test it and you see how it goes. So I want to talk to you about Sandy Archibald. So Sandy Archibald was a key figure for Bill Struth's team between 1917 and 1934. Playing as a right winger, he made 625 appearances in all competitions for Rangers, scoring a 159 goals. Pre-Second World War, he holds the most appearances for the club. There's only four that have beat that and they played post-World War. Making his debut at 20 years old in May 1917 in the Charity Cup final defeat against Celtic, but he actually managed to get his goal 10 days later in the, the 3-0 win over, over Celtic in the Glasgow Cup. Sandy Archibald goes on to win 13 Scottish titles in his 17-year career with the club. There's only four years he played with Rangers, he didn't win a league title. That's a record for, for British football, not just Scottish football. As well as that, he's got nine Glasgow Cup medals. 10 Charity Cup medals and three Scottish Cups, including the the massive 1928 Scottish Cup where Rangers won it for the first time in 25 years, beating Celtic 4-0, scoring two of the goals. Eight Scotland Caps and rightly so in the Rangers Hall of Fame. I don't, I can't do it. I, I couldn't even, with a full hours podcast, do justice to Sandy Archibald, but I'm going to post a couple of links in the in the show description, uh, detailing his career in a bit more, you know, a, a bit more finer detail. Uh, one for four or four, a fantastic thread, and one for the Rangers Hall of Fame as well. Graham, in a in a game, I shows your medals. Sandy Archibald's got to beat most folk, can't he? That's unbelievable, and that's what that's what I love, and that's what I think that this wee snippet. It's so important. It's great. I think, like a lot of people, I'm sure the. But all Rangers fans could sit and talk about the history of our football club for a long time. And I think snippets like that are only going to help to emphasise the amazing history and probably highlight players they may not have heard of or things about the club that they don't know. And that's incredible. 13 league titles is unbelievable. 13 league titles in 17 years. Wow. That's, that's a phenomenal achievement. Um that's adding the, the 10 charity cups, the 9 Glasgow cups. Fuck, I, I need a calculator here, man. That's um, it's more than one a year anyway. I think that the, the amazing thing about that as well is obviously nowadays it's so hard probably to keep a player like your one club players as well. So it's unlikely anyone's ever going to come near that. As incredible as it would be, though, um, that's it's an amazing start. Thirteen and seventeen years is incredible. And for MD Lane, for a wee bit more than that, please go and read uh, these threads and follow fall and uh, the article on the Rangers website. I'm going to, and I don't want to just bring something uh, each week and recap a full article um, and and just butcher the <laughs> the writing of it. Um, I'll, I'll bring you a highlight and let you go and read it for yourself and they really do do them justice. So, Graham, on the current affairs, um, going for an absolute Rangers legend to um, to the comeback of the come dog um, <laughs> on Saturday. He's he done his return, Jason Cummins. Um, good to see him still still doing, doing his bit for the old Rangers. Yes, yeah. Cheers, come dog, some man. 
Um, obviously, probably a disservice to John McLaughlin, who <laughs> I actually thought probably could have got my match. Just solid, John McLaughlin, solid, uh, and what a what a vital save that could turn out to be going forward. What a, by the way, what a great win because as those ugly wins are not playing well right now, everyone's very very aware of that fact. We're still top of the league, going away to Dundee, winning one 0 quite scrappy. I thought we actually played pretty decent in the first half, to be perfectly honest. Second half was a long way off where we want to be. I tell you what, that, that was a huge win, huge penalty save. That that's a match winning save. It really is, and it's that old fucking cliche that good strikers will win you goals, good keepers will win you leaks. Um, thankfully, it'll be four three good keepers. Um, Right, so where, where do we start? Um, we'll finish in John McLaughlin, John wants some of the positives, but let's just get the, the night guy out of the way because I know you're a, you're a bit of a, a rousing vocalist, you know, we, we bring you on when we need a bit of encouragement. So so what is it with Rangers right now where they just can't find form or they, they find form for maybe five, ten minute spells of games? But where, where would you put this down here, the, the lack of lack of formula I think it might be lack of fluidity in the team I think there's a lot up and downs just now injuries coming in and out and I'm not saying that's an excuse we've got a squad depth for a reason but I do feel like where last season we might have been got the rub of the green a wee bit in terms of avoiding some of the Covid issues maybe some horrendous injuries, so to speak. I think this season and the start of this season through suspension, COVID and injuries, it's been very stop-start. We've struggled to get that consistency and fluidity within the team. We've been forced into changes rather than maybe Gerard's typical uh, rotation he wants to do. I, I would put it all down to that. I just think it's been very stop-start. And we can talk about that all day, but we are top of the league we're into the um, latter stages of the League Cup. Obviously, it's Scottish Cup starting in earnest. And we are in the group stages of Europa, Europa League. It has been a very solid start to the season, despite us not being anywhere near where we want to be. I know. It's, I don't want to sound too much like a advocate because I've said time and time again that you know, I would take the the points over the performance and Walter Smith's league titles uh, campaign, league title winning campaigns were always built on, you know, we'll maybe play well for the first 60 minutes and it'll be a shite half hour and every half hour ending the game. But that's what wins your leagues. I just forgot how it feels when you're in that. It's all right, it's all nice and rosy when back in hindsight to that, that three in a row or even the nine in a row. But... It's a tough watch in the meantime, and to, and you're, you're but you're absolutely right. We're top of the league, um, and when we are when we imagine the top of the league, when we're playing four out of ten, we don't even have to go ten out of ten. Um, fine, we just need to find a bit of steady form and a bit of stability. And I don't want to change it, but we'll canter this week. We will. Listen, that's, you're saying that I'll maybe step back for such bold predictions like that. Uh, you know, I've obviously said oh, we'll obviously win the quadruple this year, but um, <laughs> other than that, um, yeah, no, I think <clears throat> I think the difference between, obviously you mentioned Walter Smith's team and, and whatnot, the difference we're watching this team just now, despite not playing well, is every single one of us know that it's absolutely in us to play better, to, to 
but yeah, just play a lot better than what we're doing. End of story. Right now, we're lucky that our bigger players are stepping up at moments in the game. I really, ha- I really have been impressed with Aribo. Um, maybe a bit inconsistent within games, but I think whether it's for 45, 50, 60 minutes every game, I think he's really shown amazing ability. Obviously, getting Hadji back, so important getting him back and it's just flashes within the game so throughout the games yeah we're not great consistent just now but we're still getting those flashes from our big players from our most important players and when that stops i guess is where we may start to drop the points and maybe see a lot of the the issues come to the fore but just now our big players are turning up maybe not consistently but certainly in the big moments and that's what we need and that's why we're top of the league just now and that's why it it actually really genuinely has been a successful start to the season, despite the disappointment of the Champions League exit. Yeah, like, I've, not, I've not really thought about that. We have seen flashes of like the, the key players um, turning up at certain parts of certain games. The difference between now and last season is last season, they all clicked together at the same time and found consistency at the same time. Right now, it's just drips and dabs where maybe one player's fallen away, somebody else has stepped up. And that, I think you do need to take a bit of positives for that, where we're not relying on one person, a la Alfredo Morelos two or three years ago. You know, we do have players who will step up at different moments. It's just frustrating when it's not clicking all at the right time, all for the full game, especially when we were so used to it last season. That's not going to happen anywhere, though. I mean, you're really fortunate if you do witness it. I watched PSG last night, and they've obviously got the most formidable front three in world football right now. Yes, if they all clicked, they'd absolutely pump teams left, right and centre. It's not going to happen. They're working towards it. You need to bide time, and yes, amazing if your best players can all click at the same time, but it's real life. It's not going to happen, and you just need to focus on your players giving you it when they can and showing those sparks that are going to win his games. Luckily, the Dundee one, that ball from Morelos through Arrival, by the way, was. I'm not sure it's been talked enough uh, that much, and um, I, I just thought that goal was, was so impressive, and I thought Hadji coming back, obviously. It's really big for us, and, and he's the one that we need to unlock the defences and show those glimpses when we're maybe underperforming. And that's the main thing, that's the important thing, and that's what we're seeing just now. It really was a terrific finish. Brilliant ball, one-touch ball into it, and you can tell that's a, a move that's been worked on in the training ground where Morelos coming slightly deep in a rebo. It, it's, if you watch the movement, you know, it's... It's like so symmetrical or like adjacent the way that Morelos is coming deep at the same time. Arabo spots it just goes forward and he's waiting on it, but it's a beautiful finish. So, um, John Lundstrom, we'll, we'll start with him. Um, he's he's got a bit of a tough time on, on this podcast and for most um, Rangers fans uh, the last couple of months, but I think credit where credit's due, he was. Arguably our best player alongside John McLaughlin on Saturday. He was in the midweek game against Livingston. I thought, he, I thought he had a really good second half as well. Is this him now getting settled? Absolutely. I think we've I think we've kind of seen the upturn in Lindstrom since his cameo against Celtic, so to speak. I think he's starting to get on top of the expectation, as we've said quite a lot, especially here. Not everyone can just immediately come in and settle into huge expectations. Some of them will come from the 
the smaller clubs in England. He's spent the last few years at Sheffield United where battling relegation celebrated. So there's not that dominant expectant need to win every game. So there's no doubt that's going to be an adjustment period for someone like him who's so used to a different mentality at a football club. I think that adjustment period's nearly over. I think he's settling. And I really do think, especially with it without Ryan Jack just now, he's such an important player to have. It does give us a bit more room for rotation, being able to have John Lundstrom in there. Obviously, Davis comes in and out as we know as rotate. Davis is pushing the diamond at this point. He's realistically not going to be playing every game. So it's important to have, obviously, that strength and depth midfield. And he's definitely coming up trumps at the right time. Because, again, we talk about um, having your who are meant to be your better players um, being important and showing their worth in games. I think John Lundstrom has, has done that, certainly in the last two, maybe three. And I think you can tell you, you can tell fairly on that Gerard sees him as a reliable player. And I think Gerard does make his mind up in players fairly quickly. Um, and for the most part, he's done very well with it. But you can, you can just tell he, he's going to be a player that he leans on. And the players that Gerard's leaned on, Tente have come up terms for us. Um, if you look at Golson Tavernier last season, Stephen Davis, Scott Arfield the year before, um, when he, I think he, he doesn't usually uh, misplace his trust. Um, so I, I'm taking heart for that, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Because <laughs> I think that what Gerard does, as you've said, is I don't think he gives the players an option either. I think he says, look, you're at Rangers. You're at a huge club, massive expectation. You're going to need to get used to it. It's important that they are getting a chance to do that. Obviously, Goldson, Tavernier, they've been through the mill of it in terms of their supporters and their expectations of those players. and They've definitely came good, obviously. I think Lundstrom generally is going to be the same. I, I really think he'll turn out to probably be the, the signing of the, the window. Well, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Um... Before we look at the Morris game, Connor Goldson. Um, so it, news broke tonight. He didn't. He didn't travel to Prague. Uh, we don't know why. We don't know. Gerard did mention in his press conference um, that he was awaiting uh, confirmation of some players, um, and it's ever changing with COVID and stuff. Um, but we don't. We can only speculate. We don't know why Connor Goldson's not travelled. But all we know is he won't play tomorrow. So before we start predicting the lineup tomorrow, um, it, I don't think we need to look, uh, <laughs> look too far to see what the back four will be. But on Golson himself, he he really has been shouted out of form, um, and it's raising the question. Either you can argue if it's fair or unfair. Um, it's raising the question about his contact situation. He's still not signed as of January. He can sign a pre-contact. Is this an unnecessary distraction or is it just shadow of a form or do they both connect? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, no, I completely disagree with that. I just don't see Goldson being that player. I think he was, there was pictures of him training this morning. I think it's probably more than likely okay, we don't know. I would imagine that we'll find out tonight, tomorrow morning, whatever, that it's maybe been a knock. It will be a, a precaution that they've left him out. Who knows? Could be well, a tight hamstring. You know how these things go. I think if it was COVID-related, potentially there'll be more players affected. So again, is that something we're going to find out in the coming hours? I think it's more likely he's picked up something training. Obviously, Gerard's press conference was, say, 9 or 10 a.m. this morning training session, picked up a knock, he's out. We've got Bassey that's going to clearly come in at centre-back. That allowed Barisic to come back in at left-back. We've got Balogun who played five games in the Europa League group stage last season. He'll slot in there. And then we've got um, Captain Tavin. Look, I have no doubt tomorrow if we don't pick up a win, it won't be because of the defensive situation or the issues. And I really don't think that Goldson is distracted or anything by his contractual situation. I think he'll give everything to the club. And I would I would probably say it's quite unfair to suggest that if anyone is suggesting that. Colin. No, I'm, I wasn't fucking suggesting that. That's devil's advocate, mate. Um, I'm not just going to come over here, come on this podcast every week and agree with you. Um, we, need, we need to look at some sort of counterpoint, um, even if they are wrong. But no... Um, I, I don't. I think it's completely unfair to suggest that's why um, he's he's uh, had a couple of poor performances. And I, I, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, that's look at the level he maintained all the way through last season. It's every player is going to have a dip after um, playing at your peak. What what I do think is a more more worthy discussion is what 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 stance do we take? Is it a I don't know. It's if um, if he doesn't sign a new contract, do we try and get some money from in January, um, whether it's a million or so or a, a small fee, or do we just let him run it down? I think you've said at the start of the podcast where you said we're going to can to the league. Look, fingers crossed you're right. We're clearly going to keep them to the end of the season because if we do win the league and we're into the Champions League, then you're talking about that automatic cash boost of £30 million pounds going to offset any money we potentially quote-unquote lose for Conor Goldson not selling him early. We'll keep him to the end of his contract. And then if he wants to sign a pre-contract with somebody in January, look, absolutely good luck to him. I'd, I'd wave him goodbye with absolute best intentions. I think it's been phenomenal for us. If he wants to hold out to the summer and see what he does, then the decision's going to be on him if he wants to challenge his best, uh, challenge himself for the best in the Champions League, or he wants to go to maybe a mid to bottom table Premier League club, which is probably where he, where he would go. So leave it with him. I think if there was any possible distraction, he's not going to play. Gerard would sniff that out immediately and he won't play. So I think he'll, he'll be a 
stalwart for us for the rest of the season. And he, yeah, either way, I think if he stays brilliant, if he goes, good luck. So you're just saying he'll be here at the end of the summer at least. I would be surely. I mean, I mean, I'd be astounded if he wasn't. I think when we, I think Katic obviously has a recall in January, but I'm sure somebody mentioned it. Gerard said at a press conference that's not something we can act. Maybe that was only paper talk. So there's no way we're going to leave ourselves even more short. And you know what the January transfer window's like. I just think we'll keep hold of goals until the summer. Balls in his court. I mean, Kamara's signed a new contract. Who knows what will come. I think we were all expecting that early and it kind of almost came out of the blue, so to speak. Just, oh, there's Kamara's announcement finally, thank fuck. And maybe we'll have the same with Goldson. Who knows what's going on with his contract. I know. It's so hard. That it's... Um... It is encouraging and frustrating at the same time how lockdown Rangers keep this. Because um, as a fan, all you can do is speculate. But it's good that, um, you know, nothing nothing is concrete unless Rangers announce it. Um, it's it's a clever way for a club to do business, but it's fucking infuriating as a fan when all you kind of want to know is whether it's a contact signing or a, a new signing, what's happening either way. So... Put it on the wait and see camp. But for the model, so yeah, we'll to back for really picks itself. Um, Tavernier, Balgan, Bassi, Barisic, Balgan Disaster, Touchwood will be the back four. Before we look at the rest of the team, you're fairly confident with Bassi and Balgan at the centre back. Um, I know, I know you've said before that Bassey was signed um, as a, a centre back, left back hybrid. They played centre back for Leicester's academy. I'm going to be honest. I'm not. I'm not convinced. Um, I think it will be a. I think it will be a tough night uh, for the centre backs tomorrow, and I don't. I don't want to give Leon Balogun any disservice, but I feel. I feel he's more your secondary centre half in terms of how how they command the back line. I feel your your real commanders are Hollander and Goldson. Um I think Balogun will can be excellent alongside either one of them, but I feel I've said before that the defence and in include the full backs here as well, they're always so much more organised when Hollander is there. A wee bit less so with Goldson. Without both of them, I just feel it's it's gonna be a tough night. I disagree. I think, obviously, Tav's back there. He's not afraid to 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 give his thoughts over. And uh, McGregor, I don't know if you know this. McGregor's known for a wee bit of uh, bickering at the defence. I think he'll be. Um, I think he'll be getting them into shape. I really, I genuinely, I, I know it sounds. Nuts. I don't have actual concerns about those two. I know it's more the new partnership. That's maybe the only concern. Maybe, yes, communication possibly, but I don't see with McGregor on goals and Tavernier right back any sort of mistake in that sense being allowed to happen. Balogun's got a wealth of experience already just playing with Rangers in Europe. And Bassey's been um, our, our first choice left back for the majority of this season. I think... He's banging form, um, peak fitness. I think it'll be absolutely fine. We're all, we're also obviously playing in front of a closed door stadium. It's not like we've got pressure from the fans. 
it'll only well, be us. Yeah, UEFA have allowed like some sort of hybrid where uh, it's like a fan stadium ban, but they've allowed free tickets to go to local schools. So there might be some wee mental twelve-year-old howling about. <laughs> okay, fair enough, right? So we'll have a headmaster or something. <laughs> about, so who knows? But I just think if we don't win tomorrow, it will be our undoing. It won't be because of injury or anything like that. I think the team that we'll start with tomorrow should have more than enough about us to get the result we want. I really do. I think Bassey's going to have enough about him to slip back in at centre-back and be solid for us. You know, no, I, I generally hope, obviously, you're uh, you're right. And I don't want you writing them off. Like, I don't think it will be a, a huge disaster. I don't think it will be a case that Bassey goes in and looks as if he's never played that position before. I don't. I just think you know. You mentioned it there. Maybe the new partnership, just getting used to each other, and you, you get used to the partnerships, even even across the back four, where a certain person will be when a long ball's played, or when you make a run, who'll be there. And I, I don't know. It's just the, the small details that Rangers have. Rangers have been caught out in Europe over the last three years for switching off at the wrong times, and they have been punished. This isn't um, just a, a basket and thing. When we've had a full-strength team, we've switched off and been punished time and time again. The um, best example is Benfica. Um, we, we, we threw away what, um, we threw away two leads over two, two games. Um, so I think Rangers at the best can do that. So it's just that they'll need to be switched on for, and they'll need all the support they can get for Tavernier, McGregor in front of them, Davis or Lundstrom, whoever that is, and not just um, that physical support we cover and time back, but just talking them through the game constantly. Leads me on to the next part then. So McGregor and goals, uh, you're going for. I think I think so as well. The only thing I don't really like, I, I think it's great. I, like, I, I really. I really think John McLaughlin is a cracking goalkeeper and then if Alan McGregor wasn't there, I'd be more than happy with him as my, my number one, but McGregor's just that wee level above. I just don't like the amount of rotation. Um, but having said that, I would still bring McGregor back in for the morning. What I, what I was going to say is, d- despite my possibly blind optimism for tomorrow who knows in terms of defence what I do think is really important is that with McGregor Tav Barisic Bassey and Balogun I think it's massively important that if it is then it starts tomorrow which I think it will be that it's them on Sunday again I'm imagining whatever Goldson has hopefully it is a precaution maybe he's back but if he's not none of this bringing McLaughlin in or, or let's put Jack Simpson in because he's not in the Europa squad it is vital we do get a bit of consistency with a new partnership. Rotation, unnecessary rotation. I hope that's not what happens. So ever we go with tomorrow, hopefully that's what we're looking at on Sunday if Goldson is unavailable. No, totally agree with you. And shout out to John McLaughlin getting included in Scotland squad as well. Um, alongside, I think it's Liam Kelly and Craig Gordon. Um it's, I mean, Craig Gordon's still decent shot stopper. Shite, shite's the better kicking, but um, I don't know. Knowing Steve Clark's election, uh, fucking one of the McGinn brothers will be called up for a goalkeeping, but we're not here to talk about Scotland. Midfield three and a, a front three tomorrow, Graham. Um, I'd love to see Davis back in here uh, tomorrow. Um, 
despite Lundstrom having a cracking cut of games, I, I would like to see midfield of Davis, Kamara, Aribo, with Haji, Morelos, and Ruth or Kent. I think Kent's still out, so if not Ruth, that, that'd be who I'd, I'm going for in the morning. I think Hadji will drop out. I think it'll be the same. Um, it'll be the five from the Dundee game. I think Hadji drops out. And, yeah, I think Davis comes back in regardless. And I think maybe we'll see Aribo push up more into the forward three. That's what I think will maybe happen. <clears throat> Probably. I can't see Lindstrom being dropped. Not at this point. Do you think you'll set up a wee bit more conservative then? So I was thinking Hadji gives you that spark in Europe that you can create something or nothing. I think in terms of natural bomb playmaker, um, he, he probably is the best that we have and, and choose that, that killer pass, that, you know, just seeing, seeing, seeing space that other players don't see, um, especially in the final third. But I would understand if He's thinking maybe we want to protect that back line a wee bit more. We go with Lundstrom, Kamara, Davis. Do you know what? The lineup I said there, that's what I'd like to see. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see Ruth drop out either. We know Gerald's rotation in Europe as well. I could see potentially now three or four changes being made from the team against Dundee. I think Davis will come back. Wouldn't surprise me to see obviously Morelos through the middle with one of Aribo, Hadji or Wright kind of flanking him. Uh, with Davis coming back in in Kamara and Lindstrom in the middle three. I think I think that middle three will probably be Kamara, Lindstrom and Davis. I think it's just that front there could be a bit of change, maybe Ruth dropping out, uh, maybe Aribo moving up there, who knows. Again, uh, middle way front, uh, we say we've said this quite a lot uh, over the last over the last year. Middle way front, um I'm not really concerned about any variation. If I'm being honest, um, I think, and I think it's quite good to know that regardless of how we start the game, whether we are maybe going to get put the press on early on, or we are want to start a bit more conservative and protect the the back five. It's good knowing that we're going to have options on the bench that we can come on and change the game. It won't be a case of maybe what we've seen two or three years ago, every sub could be like for like as summer players. We we have different types of players. We have game changers. Absolutely. We spoke about that before. The the, the lack of depth we've seen just now, unfortunately, in defence. We certainly don't have that problem um, from our middle to front. We're absolutely drowning in, in really good talent. I do like what I've seen from Bakuna as well, so obviously from a probably more a bleak point of view, I might see more of him anyway, Cup. I do like him. I like that we've got somebody like him that we can we can bring on if we, if we also need another spot. Uh, no, listen, we're, we're really strong middle to front and that's no concern from there, so whatever whatever rotation we put in place um whatever guys we play from there, I think, you know, if they perform well, then there's always a, a couple of goals in us at least. So how do you see this, the game going? Um, you, I was going to ask, are you confident? But fuck, we could be playing PSG tomorrow, you'd put us down for 2 and one I think we'll be quite dominant. I think we'll start off in the front foot. I think for the first 20 minutes, we'll really impose ourselves. And then we'll go from there. I think, 
I I think we could get a early goal tomorrow, and that will set the tone. I do I do fancies for a win though. Um, if I was a betting man, maybe Rangers minus one. Oh, I'll be frankly checking the odds on that after this. Uh, as weird as this, I genuinely think um, you know I do I do fancies to win tomorrow Sunday, but I I totally wholeheartedly expect us to play better on Thursday night than we were on Sunday. I don't know. I've just got a feeling that. Um, I think this slumping form is maybe going to last a wee bit longer than the league. Um, but I think we will, hopefully we do still pick up points. But this Rangers team do love playing in Europe. And even against Leon, um, Leon we were just beat. Uh, we were beat half the better team. Um, Rangers didn't help themselves at times, but Leon could have up the gear. But I actually thought Rangers... Um, maybe back to to middle, done really well for the most part, um, created a lot of chances and I thought for the most of the game they, they gave a good account in themselves I fully expect a, a, better, a really decent performance tomorrow just because they, they, they do like to rise to the, the bigger occasion and I don't know if that leads into some deeper mentality things where they get complacent but I fully expect tomorrow's performance to be a lot better than Hibs on Sunday Absolutely, a hundred percent. Europe's kind of the main just uh, under Gerard. That's a place we've seen as um, being quite consistent in their achievements over the last three years. I do fancies to to kind of get back to it in terms of Europe tomorrow. Hopefully, I'm not wrong. Hopefully, my optimism isn't misplaced. But yeah, I think we'll get a result. I think we can't lose tomorrow. I know it's early days. Obviously. Um, this mob Drew with Bromby in the first game but with that double header against Bromby with the expectation we'll have as fans to get six points home and away against the bottom part of the, the group they were bottom am I right in saying that I think yeah, the, the pot four right um, I don't know I think that, that's a lot so let's get a result tomorrow gives a bit of breathing space Um it's obviously Leon are going to beat Broadway with I thought tomorrow at home. So now put us set in the group and, and kind of set us up nicely for the rest of the, the rest of the group stage factions. Yeah, a draw is not a disaster, but it, it does make does put the pressure on us slightly. Um, you're, you're right. We can't any realistic any realistic hopes of qualifying for this group or even settings and going into the playoffs. But we can't lose tomorrow. Well, a draw puts pressure on is not the worst result in the world, but we should be going in with the mentality that we're looking to get three points. And I'm confident enough that Gerard knows he's got enough in his team to set up that way, despite um, selection problems or whatever. So, last thing, just on Sunday, bad news in case nobody has seen. Um, you will need a, a COVID passport. Um, or confirmation that you've had both jags unless you're exempt for medical reasons or trial. Um, that was, Graham, I don't know if you've been following this. It's been up and down. It was announced on Monday um, they were going to go ahead with the COVID passports. Then they said they're delaying it to the 18th of October. Now they said they're using Ibrox as a trial for it. So we need, <laughs> we need vaccinated. Um, but it's just a reminder there. 
I'm not going to get any of the ins and outs of um, whether it's right or wrong. It's not a political podcast, but I'm fucking shitting myself. It's hard enough to get any eyebrows in the best of times this season with the uh, smart cards. I tell you what, I will be heading... What is that? Three o'clock on Sunday? I should, I should probably check that. But um, if it's a three o'clock kickoff on Sunday, which um, which it is, I'll be in Dybrooks from about eleven a.m. I think because I <laughs> can imagine that there is going to be some queues going on or something. I'm sure it will be. Uh, it won't be easy, and there's absolutely no shock that we are trialing it. Obviously, we are. Of course, we are. So yeah. <laughs> God, I'll, I'll still need to get mine by. I'm still trying to get mine, so yeah, um, it's a bit, a bit of a worry. There's not, I feel like it's not a slam dunk. I'm going to the game on Sunday, do you know that way? So I'm just trying to get this bloody passport, and uh, I'll turn up as early as possible. I'll definitely be sober going into the game on Sunday. Oh, I, I seen somebody tweet a few weeks ago, um, also just as a joke, but I, I can see it generally being a thing. Uh, got two spare COVID passports. Can meet at the game. DM me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got a couple of QR codes for sale, QR codes for sale. Oh, tell her. So, Graham, any last, uh, any last messages, thoughts, or insights for the listeners before we finish up? I think just keep the faith. We're definitely going to only get better this season. I think we're going to peak at the right time. And I think it's already doing a, a pretty good start to the season despite our performances and I'm really looking forward to the game tomorrow. I genuinely think it's going to be a good one and we'll put we'll put that mob for Edinburgh back in their place on Sunday as well because I don't see anything but a, a win for the famous. Really? It's um, kind of the same, same message as you. Not quite keep the faith. That sounds a bit more... Uh, sounds a bit... I can't wear the foot there, but... Um, Oh, behave yourself. <laughs> I only kid. We're a fully inclusive podcast. But no, um, you know, I think we're right to be frustrated, annoyed, angry about the performances we've had. But it's a very nice problem we have um, playing shine sitting top of the league. It's weird. I'm still trying to quite get my head uh, round to being used to this again. But, well, I'll take the points over the performances all day long. Well, on that note, Graham, thanks very much for joining me. Always a pleasure, mate. Yeah, cheers, Colin. I appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. Take care. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 